Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 14, air date July 2nd, 2013. So I came to the United States in 1970, but I grew up in two worlds. Many of you who are attending this event actually are growing up in two worlds. So one of the worlds I grew up in was Bombay, in India. The other world, if you want to go, this is actually the streets of Bombay. And the rule was, at home, we spoke Hindi outside, English in school and Tamil at home. So I can't speak Tamil. But in the summer times, I used to go to a small village in, in near Rajapalam in Mohur. So in India, I grew up as a young child in these two worlds. Many of you are growing up in these two worlds, particularly the young people. You grew up in an Indian family, you, you speak Tamil at home now, but then you go out into the normal world where you have experience American culture. So you have to figure out how you operate in these two worlds. And if you can do that, then you can bring Tamil culture to the rest of the world. It's not sufficient that Tamilians just remain in their own cultural groups. Otherwise, Tamil culture is not going to spread. Most other communities who have successfully done this actually bring their culture out. It's not about losing your culture, it's actually propagating it out. So I grew up in these two worlds. And many of you who've been to villages, how many of you have been to small villages in India? Okay, so you, you've seen scenes like this, right? right? But I also had a very interesting experience. My grandmother, in a party, was a farmer. So, my grandmother was a farmer. She worked 16-hour days, but she was also a Siddhar. Anyone heard of Siddhar? How many people? Very few people, okay. So Siddhas were the original saints or scientists of Tamil Nadu. Okay, so when we speak about the Tamil language, the original people who propagated the teachings were Siddhas, okay? So they spoke in Tamil, they wrote all the science in Tamil. And so my grandmother would actually, was a Siddhar, so she could look at your face and she could predict what was going on inside your body. There's an ancient Indian science called Samudraka Lakshanam. It is from the Siddhar text. Siddhars were actually scientists, very much like you have modern science today. So they practiced medicine, they practiced martial arts, they practiced uh, usage of herbs, metals, marma, which was a, 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 an ability to manipulate the body through touching certain acupuncture points. So my grandmother knew this and I saw her healing people so on a typical day, on, uh, on a weekend like today, there'd be 30, 40 people lined up. And she could observe the people through their face and identify what was going on inside their body and cure them. Okay? Everyone understand what I'm saying? Okay, so today you go to a doctor, they take all these exams. She didn't have any tools. So I was fascinated by this and I always wanted to pursue medicine. But the other thing my grandmother also shared with me were the stories of the Ramayana. Everyone know the Ramayana? Okay. So it's a fight about good against evil. Rama was a great hero, right? The most noble, great warrior. 
But she used to share with me these pictures. Obviously, Shiva, who was a deity who Rama followed. So most of these stories are about the devotion of Rama to not only God, but to a mission in life. Right? It wasn't just about God, but it was what do you believe in? What are you committed to? So the story of Ramayana is about someone deeply committed to something beyond himself. And so for, for the young people, you need to find that within you at a young age, at six years old, I was given that gift by my grandmother, that the purpose of life was to find something more than yourself. Do you understand what I'm saying? You really understand what I'm saying? Okay, so it's not enough that you just pursue a career, but what are you going to contribute to this world? Okay? Because life is very finite, and the issue is what do you want to contribute to this world? And the idea is to do great things. And that is really the story of the Ramayana, right? Here's a great man who's fighting for the most important thing. So when I came to MIT many years later, so when I came to the United States in 1970, there weren't groups like this. You know, there was few groups in India, I mean in, in New York, but me and my sister were the two dark kids in the high school of 4,000 white students. You understand? Okay? So, the, so we were the two Indian kids. Newark, New Jersey is the poorest city, one of the poorest cities in the United States. So here was a Tamilian kid, immigrant, working in an uh, impoverished city. But I had the opportunity because my mother had introduced me to a scientist who gave me the opportunity to create the electronic version of the inner office mail system. Okay, so if you went to an office, the office environment was, was called, there was an inter-office mail system. There was the inbox, the folders, um, return receipt, uh, probably 50 different features on how the office ran. So that was a system. Okay, so remember this word system because if you understand how systems work, you can understand pretty much anything, but the inter-office mail system was a system which included the inbox, outbox, folders, memo, carbon copy, BCC, all these things. So I was given the challenge, I was lucky enough to get this opportunity to create the electronic version of that. You following me? The electronic version of the inter-office paper-based mail system, and I called that email, E-M-A-I-L. Um, but that word email did not exist, first of all, prior to 1978. People had done electronic text messaging, but email was the electronic version of the inner office mail system. Today we think it's a normal term, and the only reason I called it email was in the Fortran language you were only allowed five characters. Okay? Five characters could be used to name a program. So if it was eight characters or nine characters, I might have called it electric mail, right? Electro mail. But email is what I called it. But one of the things I learned, if you look here, Right here, it says system. Everyone see this? Okay. So the issue is what is a system? So once you understand what a system is, um, you can understand how to manage your health. You can understand how governments work, why there's good and evil. So, so I was very fascinated by systems. So I was fascinated by medicine and also systems. So the Siddhars, as I mentioned, you know, you think these people were just religious people wearing their saffron robes of Vibhuti, but they were not just religious people. In fact, they were against most religion. They were into science. They believed that you should experience life, experience nature, observe it, and then learn from it, experience it. You follow? So you don't follow rules, 
but you experience the world. And from that experience, you understand what life is. Purira? So that's what the Siddhars were. So the Siddhars, so I was, I was very interested in finding out what were our Indian sages really saying. And that took me on a journey to India back in 2007 after I finished my PhD. I went back to India. This is in fact a front page on the MIT uh, main newspaper saying here is an Indian guy who studied four degrees at MIT but he went back to India to study what Siddha was really about. And so what I discovered in India was the Tamil Siddhas were actually system scientists. Okay? They observed everything in nature as a system, be it society, be it your body, be it an herb, be it uh, a place that you lived in, and they used words like vatam, pittam, ayam. Okay? But, when, but what has happened over the last 300, 400, 1,000 years is our Tamil people don't even know what these words mean anymore. In fact, Siddha has been reduced to something that's a religion, but it isn't. It's an actual science. Um, so I was, what, what you see here is there are two pyramids here. The left pyramid here, can everyone see this? So you see this pyramid, right? The left pyramid is how we describe Western medicine today. Okay, so you have genes, proteins, right? Pathways. And some of you will study this in biology, but biology is the way that we study Western medicine. Okay, so that's the world of the West. The right side is, you can't see it, but there's a whole different language that is, was written in Tamil in how we understand Eastern medicine or Siddha medicine. So I was curious to find out what the linkage between these two worlds were. And that's the discovery that I made. And when I came back to the United States, I put together a whole course series. And you can find this online called Systems Health. And Systems Health is the discovery I made in linking Eastern and Western systems of medicine. And so I've been teaching this now to Western medical doctors. I launched it um, in California last year, actually last year and this year. And basically what we're doing is we figured out a new language to take our Tamil culture and present it to the West. So what that means is that what the Western world should also learn Tamil culture. Instead of the Tamil people just learning Tamil culture, which is good, very good, but that's only about 60 million people, right? There's still another 6 billion, 7 billion people in the world. So imagine if we can make it valuable for why everyone should learn Tamil. Because today, you people, some of you may be embarrassed to learn Tamil, right? Or talk Tamil. But imagine your American friends start speaking Tamil one day. Right? And that is what needs to happen because in these ancient Tamil scripts is anti-aging formulas, is formulas for long health, formulas for uh, how peak community should live. The Tamil sages actually figured most of this out. But again, most of it became religion and people forgot the original meaning. So this is one thing that I've launched. Next. The other thing that I did when I got back from India was I'm also interested in the National Science Foundation. In 2003, they put out a challenge. Could you model on the computer the whole human cell? What do I mean by that? We have about 10 trillion cells in your body, right? Every day, 10 billion cells die and 10 billion cells are created. So we have about 10 trillion cells. So each cell, if you want to think about it, 
is a little chemical factory. If you can model the human cell, then mathematically on the computer, then you can predict disease. You don't need to kill animals in some sense. So in 2003, the National Science Foundation put out that challenge. And what I ended up doing was, by 2008, I actually created a way to do that. So mixing information technology with biology, what is called computational biology. So we launched a company to do that. And what we're doing is, with this system now, what our Siddha said, what the Tamil Siddha said was, you don't take any one ingredient to cure your body. Right? Western medicine says if you have a sickness, you take, if, if, you're, if you have inflammation, you take Advil, right? You take one medicine. And what people are realizing is that one medicine doesn't work. It causes all these side effects. You following me? Right? Not any one thing works. You have to, so the Siddhars believe you combine things. Many people call the Siddhars alchemists. Alchemists meaning they were magicians of how to combine things. So Western medicine is also realizing this now. No one medicine works, you have to do combination. But the Western pharmaceutical system doesn't know how to do that. So what we've done with Cytosol is we've learned how to combine things. So what you're seeing here in this slide is the outer circle here represents the cell wall. Um, the inner circle represents the nucleus. You see that yellow thing up there? That's called curcumin. Everyone use manjul at home? So here's an interesting thing. Does anyone know what the number one cause of death is in Asia? What is it? No, it's cancer, but what kind of cancer? No, liver cancer, okay? Number one cause of death in the United States is heart disease. Number one cause of death in Asia, Asia meaning China, India, Singapore, Malaysia, is liver cancer. However, Indians get one-third less liver cancer than all of Asia. And the reason this is, is because people, the, the epidemiological studies, which means population studies, showed Indians get less cancer because they take manjul, okay, curcumin. So the Indian government had this data. Initially, no one believed the Indian government because of the Indian government's issues. So people went to Singapore. In Singapore, if you know, it's a small version of Asia. You have Tamilians, you have Malay, you have Chinese, and they've repeated the same study, same thing. So what we've been doing is we've been modeling mathematically what curcumin does in the body. All those little things you see there are all the different chemicals in your cell. And so we can actually show that curcumin is very good for protecting the brain. It's actually very good for protecting against cancer. It's actually very good against inflammation. But this is what the Siddhars predicted 5,000 years ago. You follow me? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. So, but what are we actually doing? What we're doing is taking ancient knowledge and bringing it to the West. And what does that do? That validates our culture more than anything. You follow me? So it gets me back to the point that it's good you're learning Tamil, but you have to learn how to bring it to the West. Okay? So that's what we're doing with Cytosol. Okay, I was recruited by the Indian government to create an innovation lab in India by Manmohan Singh. This was in 2009. And thank you. So I, I put together a whole plan for the Indian government. And I found out that people who recruited me were just happy just to say an MIT student, an MIT 
scholar is running this. There's a lab in India called CSIR, okay? Thousands of scientists all over India. But here's the interesting thing. In 70 years, India has not produced one indigenous, which means within India, Nobel Prize scientist in science or medicine. Anyone know that? Within India, within India, staying in India, no Nobel Prize science or medicine. People have to leave India to win a Nobel Prize. You follow me? So something's wrong, right? Do you understand what I'm saying? Within our own country, people don't get recognized. So, um, I put together a plan for the Indian government, and um, the plan was approved by the Stock Exchange Board of India's chairman, but the people that hired me thought I would actually not do anything, okay? So I had a seven-acre bungalow in Delhi, assist additional secretary in the Indian government, and they didn't want me to actually do anything. You follow? So I, di I didn't have time for that, okay? So I wrote a report, it got distributed to the press, and I had to leave India under death threats because I exposed corruption in India. Now why did I do that? Because of what my grandmother had taught me about the great Rama, right? Rama always fought against evil. It is extremely important to learn one thing in life, which is if you know the truth, it is important that you stand up for it, okay? It is, it is easy in life to, okay, do high school, then to go to college, then get your degree, and then, you know, to get a job and do that. Anyone can do that, okay? And you can do that very well, but it is the greater thing to know what the truth is and be courageous and stand up for it. So I, my, my mother and father taught me that, so I wrote this report. It got released to the press, as I said, and I had to come back to the United States. So when I got back to the United States is when I decided that I would share the story about innovation. You follow me? So that's when I started sharing the story of that 14-year-old Tamil kid in 1978 who created email because I wanted to send a message. The message I wanted to send was that anyone can invent, anyone can innovate anytime, anyplace, anywhere. You follow me? Everyone here is a divine being. Everyone here is a creative human being. Any one of you should be able to create something far greater than email. And all you need, it's not about money, you need the right mentorship. I was fortunate to get that and the right conditions. It is not about money, it is about your will. So what I did was I've created this thing called Innovation Core, which is to encourage innovation in Indian villages plus inner cities in the United States. And the idea is to create many more Shivas, okay? And when I mean Shivas, mean people who had, were given the opportunity to do that. And all of you, that's what you should strive for. You should strive for the most important and the greatest thing in life. It's not sufficient, again, you just learn Tamil or you just follow your culture, but you should become sparks of God because that is what you are. Do you follow me? Each one of you is a spark of the divine being. And when you embrace that and you realize that anyone can innovate, that is when you can liberate yourself. And that is when you get the courage to go fight against wrong things in life. That's why I'm speaking to the young people. Some of you old people have sort of forgotten that, okay? But the young people, you have an opportunity, okay? 
So the key lessons are each one of you can innovate anytime. Each one of you is a creative human being and you have to exercise that, okay? And most importantly, take your culture and bring it to other people. So what I wanna, what I, that's why I say it's important that you know the truth. You should be the light and find your way. Thank you.